Welcome, you guys. Really good to be here with you. Uh, my name's Cody. I'm one of the pastors here at OCC, and I have the privilege and opportunity to share with you this morning. Uh, this isn't my, my typical role. I normally lead, lead worship uh, through song um, to our Lord on Sunday mornings, but I am I'm grateful for the opportunity to share um, from God's Word this morning. And, and also, part of what's nice about us having some different guys share is our, our senior pastor, Josh, is really able to kind of take some time and, and look towards the fall as we begin to ramp up for what God wants to do in our church as we, as we begin to get more busy as a church. And, and so he's able to focus and, and plan and, and just kind of get involved in the details. So happy to be able to provide a break for him. Um, we are in this series, Relationship at the Box Office. And today we are looking at Finding Dory. Anybody seen that movie yet? Okay, a few more this service. I went and saw it with my kids, uh, I think it was last week, and we went to the drive-in theater. And my plan initially going there was to take notes and really get some like helpful insights to you know how to share this message. So that didn't happen, you can imagine. I was by myself with my two toddlers um, at the drive-in. So we did have a really good time, and the, and the movie's cute, so if you, if you have the time, I'd, I'd suggest seeing it. Um, so the goal for this series is really to look at some of the major themes of this summer's blockbuster movies. And what we want to do is we, we want to take these themes and kind of determine what is this communicating to us about how relationships work. What, what is the, this movie, or even our media, as we've looked at at the beginning of this series, what, what is the media that we engage with telling us? And it's really helpful to kind of actually think about that. And, and try to wrap our heads around what, what am I getting right now? And, and what, is this, what does God's word have to say about this area? So that's what we're doing with this series, is we're trying to look at God's word in contrast to what the movies um, that are out currently are saying to us. Last week, we looked at the movie Now You See Me Too. And really, we learned that in order to have God-honoring relationships, it requires us to move, from, move out from isolation and darkness to walking in God's light and really choosing in every relationship we have to be open and honest with ourselves, with God, and with others. And that really brings health to our relationships. So again, this morning we're looking at Finding Dory. Um, So I'm going to show you guys the trailer real quick and then we will continue. in her sleep, okay? Hand me the ratchet wrench so I can fix it. But Dad, what if she starts sleep swimming again? I'm sure this was a one-time thing. So can we just all go back to... Dory? Dory! Dory! (gasps) I remembered something. That's not possible. Is it? Okay, is it like a picture in your head and then you think I've seen this before? I just used the word before, which means I'm remembering something. What was I talking about? They're out there somewhere. I have to find them. 
Something important? What? Something about a clam or... No. No, an oyster? No. Mollusk? No. Something? No. I don't... No? No clam. No So it, it's a cute movie. If you have the chance to see it, I'd suggest it. Small kids, I'm sure, will enjoy it. Uh, if you've seen this movie or the first one, Finding Nemo, you'll recognize Dory as the blue tang fish. And I looked that up. It's, that's, that's the name. Um, she's the blue tang fish that suffers from serious short-term memory loss. And what we find in this movie is that it... it it really brings an interesting dynamic to her relationships. The other sea creatures just find it really hard to relate to Dory because she almost immediately forgets everything that's said to her. And she also says things multiple times, you know, and, and you see it on her face when she realizes, oh, I've said this before. I'm sorry. Did I say that again? Um, disclaimer, we're not picking on Dory this morning. We're not picking on Dory and her, and her short-term memory problem. What we're really hoping to do is take the major theme of communication. That is a real reality in our own relationships. The fact that our communication habits and patterns really affect our relationship, either for good or bad. And so we're going to be kind of using this as a springboard to talk about how, how we really can communicate in a way that brings honor to God, who gave us speech, and then also just brings real health and a sweetness to our relationships. So what I'd like to do is pray before we jump in this morning. So would you pray with me? God, thank you again for this morning and the opportunity to be together. We're grateful for you, God, and, and just the fact that you, out of your kindness, have given us your word. And you really guide us through life as we choose to engage with you. And, and Lord, I know that that is the hope this morning. We really want to engage with you and your truth in order to just line our lives up with your truth. We want to do things your way. And so I pray that you would speak, God, this morning. Would you put a guard over my mouth and just allow what comes out to be honoring to you, God, true. And really, would it build up the church, God, and build up each person here in a way that they would leave feeling equipped to use their communication in a way that would bring honor to you and really build up relationships. We pray for your help, God, right now as we engage with this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to invite you guys to take out your listening guide. This is in your program. And uh, we're going to get right into it. This is, this is at the very top. The reality is, is my words will bring health or harm to my relationships. My words will bring health or harm to my relationships. In the scripture, we find multiple places that our words have a tremendous amount of power. Take a look at this verse from Proverbs. Proverbs 18.20-21 through 21 says, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So who normally, when they're communicating, has that concept in the back of their mind? That I'm either communicating death or life right now. <laughs> Probably not a typical thing, but it's the reality and I don't know if, I, don't, I, I doubt the scripture means like we, you know, our words will just cause people to fall over dead. But we really can bring death to a relationship. And maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you've been on one, one side of this where somebody has used their words intentionally to harm and it's just caused mistrust and it's left you not wanting to relate to that person any longer. Um, we also see that our, our words um, can bring real satisfaction. There's a real opportunity um, to build people up when we're communicating. 
with our spouses, our kids, our coworkers, our friends, we really have an opportunity to use our, our words to bring health and, and real, uh, an, energy, an energy to our relationships. We find also that we can have satisfaction in relationships. We can have satisfaction um, from using our words in, in the correct manner. But the reality is that that only comes when we learn how to reign in our tongue. We are only satisfied in our relationships when we are able to kind of step back in, in our, from our normal communication habits and really choose to do what's honoring to God and beneficial to the person that we're communicating to. Here's another passage from Proverbs. Proverbs 16:24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So here we see that gracious speech, speech that's kind, gentle, considerate, it really has the ability to bring health and a sweetness to our relationships. And I'm sure, I'm sure like, like me, all of you guys have experienced both sides of this. You've experienced words that have, been, have brought health to a relationship and maybe even a real energy, a trust, and you've probably experienced words that have brought real harm to your relationships. Or maybe you've, you know, maybe intentionally or unintentionally used words that have really caused harm in a relationship. For me, I'm a words of affirmation kind of guy. I really like to hear that I'm appreciated and that I've done a good job on a a task or maybe there's a honeydew um, that my wife has given me. I like to hear that I've done a good job. When I cook at home, which is super rare, I'm not a cook, um, my wife is a great cook. I'm very grateful for that. Um, but when I cook, once I present the dish, I will literally hover. <laughs> I'll hover over my family and wait. And it's, and it's the obvious, like, how is it? <laughs> I want to hear that it's the best fried egg they've ever had. <laughs> That's about the extent of, of my cooking or culinary ability. Um, and so when I hear that, when, when somebody uses their words to affirm me, and I know this is true for everybody else, when somebody uses their words to affirm us, it brings this energy. It brings a sweetness to that relationship. The opposite, though, is true. If somebody uses their words to intentionally harm us, it just takes the wind out of us. It, it does for me. It really just it, it knocks the wind out of me. And it leaves me unenergized and really just feeling like, man, I don't want to relate to that person if that's going to be the the norm obviously we all screw up and God is kind enough and he's long suffering with us Um, but just long term those kinds of habits can really bring damage sometimes I'm not careful with my words sometimes I speak and I open my mouth without considering the question how is this going to land how is this person, whether it be my wife or my kids or coworkers, how are they going to take this? I, rarely, you know, more often than I'd like to admit, I don't think about that. Um, and when I fail to ask myself my, those questions and it ends up causing harm, it leaves my, my wife, my kids, my friends feeling discouraged, beat up. Like, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I'm not trying to get their angle on the situation. So, why is, why is communication so hard? Why is it so difficult? The reality is, we're stubborn. We, we are stubborn people, 
And we have to battle the desire to be the one who gets the last word. We have to battle the desire to get our point across versus being heard. Some of the ways that I've seen this play out in my own life, and and this is in your guys' listening guide, is a failure to address the major issues. It could be that a conversation gets so emotionally charged that you just completely lose sight of the major issues. And that happens, that happens to me. I, I do this. Or maybe, again, this is something I raise my hand for, maybe it's that talking about the major issues is re- going to require you to do something about it. If we talk about these things that are really going on, it's going to require work on someone's part to move forward and really help move this relationship or this situation forward in a way that brings honor to God and really builds up the relationship. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's only wanting to be heard or express your own opinion. Here's a, here's a meme, a funny meme, kind of showing you the tension. And this is a person who's just been interrupted. Oh, I'm sorry. Did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? Hopefully this doesn't describe your natural, or your typical communication patterns, but maybe you've experienced this. And this is, it's a real relationship killer. Isn't it? When you can't get a word in and somebody's just always speaking over the top of you. Man, it's frustrating, you know? It's frustrating. Take a look at this verse from Proverbs related to this. It says, When words are many, transgression or sin in actuality is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Let's read that one more time. When words are many, transgression or sin is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. This verse basically is telling us, don't talk so much. It's okay not to be the one who who gets the last word in. Not to be the one who ensures that your opinion is heard. It's really the wise person that learns how to restrain his or her tongue. Maybe Maybe it's battling an inadequate listening procedure. So there's two, two major ways that we can listen. The first, listening, and I say that in quotations because it's a listening that doesn't really listen. Um, maybe it's this. Maybe we listen, judge, and then instruct. So we're listening only with the intent to instruct this person. As they're speaking, we're thinking to ourselves, that's fine and good, but you know what? You're missing something. Let me help you. This is the harmful approach to communication in relationships. This causes damage in our relationships. The helpful approach is to listen and really listen. And these are swapped, actually. I don't know if... I mean, either way. You clarify, you support, you're going to be fine. doesn't matter which order you do it in. Um, But we want to fully listen. We want to then clarify. We want to ask questions... Okay, I hear you saying this. Is, is that correct? Ask questions in a way that really lets that person know that I, I care about what you're saying. I care about what you're communicating and I want to make sure I got it right. And then third, you support. Instead of just clarifying and then saying, well, you know what? That's, that's really a wrong perspective. You support. You say, man, I, I, I can imagine that's got to be really hard. 
I can relate to that. This shows people that we genuinely care about what they're saying. So I'm sure that you all can agree with me. Communication is hard. Yes? Show of hands. Come on now. All right. This is such a huge arena of life. In everything that we do, communication is at the very forefront. And again, it can cause real harm or it can bring real health to our relationships. There is, however, good news. Despite the frustration that's very real when healthy communication doesn't exist, and this is in your listening guides, God provides help in the moment to communicate in a way that blesses others. God provides help in the moment to communicate in a way that blesses others. The measure of helpful communication in the Bible is weighed by how it helps the person that we're communicating with. Specifically, God wants us to communicate to our spouse, our kids, our co-workers, our parents, in a way that builds them up, that strengthens. Check out this verse from Ephesians. Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. This verse categorizes our speech in two ways. And it's really telling us, first, that we have to get rid of unwholesome talk. We have to remove it from our vocabulary completely in order to have relationships that are really healthy and bring health and a sweetness. Unwholesome talk, or unwholesome, that word in the original language, actually means rotten. It's translated rotten. The idea of of something that's rotten is it has no value. Imagine when you go out today, it's a hundred and however many degrees, but you have this piece of fruit. You know, if if you're like a fruit person, and it's like a cold piece of fruit, you're excited to bite into it on a hot summer day, you bite into it, and for me it's like a plum. I love plums. But you bite into a plum and then you realize it's rotten. It might have been the right temperature, but it ain't the right ripeness. <laughs> your, your goal now is to remove that rotten taste from your mouth. That's your goal. You throw that piece of fruit away and then you do everything in your power to get that rotten taste out of your mouth. Our communication is very similar. If we're not careful with our words, we can leave people with this rotten taste in their mouths. Both the people we're communicating with as well as God, again, who has given us speech to bring honor and to bring health to our relationships. Rotten words can come out in various ways. They can be harsh, where you really are just, you're just trying to cause harm. That's your goal. You just want to hurt. You know that button to push, right? We know those buttons that really get to people. But having two older brothers, they knew my buttons growing up. No, you don't need to say, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I turned out okay. <laughs> but we, we do this. We really, it's like this ingrained thing that we just, we know, like, how to, how to poke. And, you know, maybe it's humor. This could be another one of those things. Humor or sarcasm at another person's expense. Or self-promotion. Or degrading someone else. Or maybe it's just anger. Maybe it's just these angry outbursts. I'm going to take it to this level and I'm going to end this right now. 
I will be heard and I will have the last word. Despite all of those things, again, God really provides us with help. He provides us with the ability as we engage with him to do communication, to do relationships in a way that is sweet. And I really like that word. I've used it a lot. Sweetness. I I like it when my relationships have a sweetness to them. So what kind of words should we use? This verse in Ephesians says first that we need to use words that build up. The idea here is to use words again that strengthen, that have thought, and they're aimed at truly helping those who will hear it. Secondly, we want to use words that are fitting according to the person's need who we're communicating with. When I communicate, my goal shouldn't just be again, what's the point I want to get across here? But what do they need? What's going on in their world? How can I help? And and even if we're able to, to step back for a moment and and say a quick prayer. Again, God provides help in the moment. Say a quick prayer, God, I'm frustrated right now. Maybe you feel ripped off. God, I feel ripped off, but I want to be careful. I want to restrain my lips and only say what's going to be helpful. This verse wraps up finally with saying that we want to use our communication in a way that benefits those who listen. The idea, again, is our communication should be giving something. It should be adding value to the person we're talking to. And really, as God has has displayed, his words are, are full of grace. His words are full of kindness. These are the type of words that we want to use. We need We need help to do this, though. We need help to build instead of tear down. Look at this verse in James. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. This verse is describing that the reality is we have to battle our natural inclination to get angry and to be frustrated and to say, I deserve something here. That is, it's ingrained in all of us. It's okay to want to be heard. It's not wrong to, to want to speak your mind in a situation. But we have to think before we do that. We have to really listen to the other person before we just say, this is what I want to get across. Look at this quote from Stephen Covey. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Listen with the intent to reply. I do this. Often. As I was, as I was writing this message, God brought a communication habit that I have. And it, like, as soon as it came to mind, I cringed. I hate to say this, but I can be a sentence finisher. I, I don't like it when people do this to me. <laughs> and what I realized as I was writing this is, really, I'm just, I'm impatient. And if I'm communicating to somebody, it needs to be in a timetable that I have decided 
what that timetable is. And if you're a little slow, I'll help you. (laughs) I'll I'll give you the word. Usually this does not go well. And I, I, I have many examples. And so I apologize. I deeply apologize if I've done this to you. Please forgive me. This is a relationship killer. It really is. And again, there's also, there's just a strong, there's a strong pull in us to react. We are reactionary people. When someone says something we don't like or we disagree with, think through the last argument you had with someone you cared about. May have been this morning. Thankfully, my kids weren't up and my wife wasn't up for very long before I left. So there wasn't a ton of opportunity to say something I'd regret. But even this weekend, I think back and I can just, man, it's, it's just really easy to use my words in an unhelpful way. And it also, I said this first service, it, it, this, doing this, this gives me a real appreciation for what our pastor does every Sunday. Because you have to look at these areas of life as a, as a mirror. And it's painful. It's really painful. But again, God is, he's so kind. He's so kind and he's so long-suffering. And he gives us the opportunity to move forward. There's never this wall that goes up. It's, come, let me show you. Let me show you how to do this the right way. Again, the good news is when we decide to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and it is now God himself living in us and providing us with power and an energy to do the things that he's asked us to do in his word. We can really rely upon him. As I wrap up, I want to share a few things with you guys, some practical questions that you can ask, as well as some scriptures that you can apply to memory. So in the moment, you can really take step, take, keep in step with God as he leads us to communicate with others. Here's how to move beyond frustration in our relationships and communication and find hope in communication. These are in your listening guide as well. Number one, listen. Really listen to the other person and ask, where's this person coming from? We want to listen to work to understand. How do they see things? What's going on in their world that would, that would drive them to communicate this or in this way? Secondly, think. Think before I speak and ask what response is fitting. There's an extra handout in your program. If you guys would pull that out, it's called the Words of the Wise. This is a handout that I think would be really helpful. Something you could post on your refrigerator or, or put, a, put at your desk. And it's, it's a help as you communicate with others, as you relate, to ask yourself these questions. Is this a time for, and then there's some options with some scriptures, is this a time for silence? Is it a time to let the other person shine? Is it a time for celebration? Is it a time for sadness? You know, the scripture says that we, we are to celebrate. We're to celebrate with those who are celebrating and we mourn with those who mourn. That's what God does. He does that with us. Is it a time for tension? And is it a time for corrective instruction? It's on the back. This is the last thing. If it comes at all, you could probably live in the realm of listen, clarify, support. And then you go back. Listen, clarify, support. We live in a time 
where the thought is, my speech is my own, and I can just do what I want. I can say what I want without any consequences. And that's partly true. We all can communicate how we want, but to build someone else up and to honor God with our speech, it takes thought. And it takes actually depending on God and denying our right to say whatever we want whenever we think it. So again, I hope this is helpful, you guys, as you look at this. As I said last service, this came really quick. I'm at the end of my message. I'd like to just uh, invite you guys to take a look at the next steps on the back of your listening guide. Some helpful things to think about in moving forward this week. First, read the words of the wise handout and the scriptures to better understand how to respond to others. Maybe you'll just purpose to ask God for help in the moment this week to listen and be slow to speak. Or third, ask God to show, show you, to show me where our communication habits are just unhelpful or causing harm, really bringing harm to our relationships. So again, I, this is, it's been a real privilege and a joy to speak this morning and I'm grateful for each of you. And So I'm going to pray and then we're going to continue with a final song, worshiping our God together. So would you pray with me? God, thanks so much for your kindness towards us. And Lord, out of that kindness, you, you've communicated yourself to us. You've given us real clarity as we look into your word as to how to line our lives up with you in a way that just it brings blessing to our own lives, to the lives of those we communicate to, and God, it brings honor to you. I pray for your help this week as we engage with these things and as we just we come face to face with the reality of, of how important communication is and how important our words are, that we would just choose to step back from this need to be heard, that we'd step back from this need to have the last word and trust you, God. Trust you with our reputation that we don't need to be always trying to get our words in. So I pray for your help this week, God. Would you guide us as we relate to one another, as we relate to our spouses, our kids, our coworkers, our bosses. Would we be slow to speak, slow to get angry, and really choose to honor you with our words. We thank you, God, that you've given us such clear instruction. We praise you for that. Would you help us to do that this week? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.